What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition. And I've got coffee second. <laughs> so I'm sorry we coming into the show laughing, but the pre-show conversation is always great. As always, I'm your host, Mo Murphy. And with me today, I got some great guests. I got my guy, Ken, host of the Competitive Hedge podcast. And I got my guy, Chris LeBron, president of the Off the Ball Network. Like I always say, the man with the plan, host of the Off the Ball podcast, host of Get a Bucket podcast, giving you great weekly content, NBA, NFL, college basketball. He's diving into it all, hit the high school scene, recruiting. So, you know, shout out to Chris for grinding right now. But we have a great show for you today, and we will get into it right after this. Warning, you are now listening to Up in Flames. We up in Flames, yeah. We up in flames, yeah, 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 uh, uh, yeah. Let me hear it, Lambo. We up in flames, we up in flames, we up in flames, yeah, we up in flames, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 we up in flames, yeah, yeah, uh, we up in flames, hold on, uh, check this go. We up in flames, yeah, uh, we up in, yeah, yeah, we up in flames, yeah, Woo. we up in, yeah. We up in flames, we up in flames. Once again, welcome back to Up in Flames. We are now, we got ourselves back together, um, <laughs> coming in a little hot. So, Ken, what's going on, bro? I think I need to, to preface that I, I'm a very blue collar guy. You know, I, I grew up in blue no collar men's <laughs> blue collar guy in no way privileged and really excited to be on up in flames. Uh, once again, making my I don't know how many appearances I've been on here. It's a few. So looking forward to it. Just a couple. Yeah, It's been a minute, though, because, you know, we we always get on shows together, but we never get on each other's shows. We do the network stuff together every week. So it's like we always talking. But at the same time, bringing you back on up in flames is always an honor. And then, Chris. What's going on, bro? It seemed like you've been on like my past three shows. Like it seemed like you're, you're practically a co-host at this point. Just out here grinding, bro. Just out here grinding. Try <laughs> Doesn't have a lot going on, clearly. No, nah, I have He's no free right now. So hey, got to take advantage, bro. Chris, you're down. Like I gotta take advantage, man. You know, I gotta take advantage of this. You know. Chris was working overnights and I could never get him on the show. So now, you know, I I didn't do, I barely did shows for a year. So I have to, I have a year of making up to do to get back where I, where I was, where I was. So, uh, you know, got to make up, but uh, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. And you're back in full effect. And since you're back, we're going to get into the NBA. Like I said, you know, I've here and there hit on the NBA um, while really focusing on football season. I really love college football. I love the NFL. Um, but things are ramping up in the NBA right now. Like we're heading, you know, all-star weekend is a couple weeks away. We know the all-star starters. We'll talk about that later on in the show, but there's some teams and there's a team specifically who was riding a high horse and had some expectations. I won't say championship. They probably had championship expectations, but they were riding a high horse. One of the hottest teams in the NBA One of the hottest players in the NBA, one of the most famous players in the NBA right now, one of the young guys coming up who we could foresee being the face of the league. And that's the Memphis Grizzlies. They're on a what? Five, five game losing streak. Um, They're on a five five game losing streak. And, you know, after losing to Minnesota last night, it just, while watching Memphis, I just was sitting there, and, and I watch a lot of their games. They're one of the exciting teams, definitely worth watching anytime they come on. But there's got to be a cause for concern. Uh, you know, the stuff that happened in L.A., while they had the lead, they were kind of dominating the game at that moment. And it's, it seems like at that time when Shannon Sharp, it seems like he rattled Memphis. And I'm not going to say, like, they feared Memphis, but it's like the game changed after that incident happened. Like, LeBron and Russ got things going. L.A. was able to come back and win the game. So it seemed like their focus went elsewhere, which is, to me, a young team. Controversy happens in the middle of a game. They get distracted, and then they don't focus on the main goal, which is winning the game. So, Ken, I'll start with you, like, are you concerned for Memphis right now? Like, I know it's it's middle of the season right now, heading into All-Stars, so I know, like, teams are in a slump. There's a couple teams we're concerned about, but 
with what you see from Memphis, like, is there not a cause for concern that they're too focused on some of the outside stuff and not focused enough on, on the ultimate goal, which is really probably getting over the hump, reaching the Western Conference Finals and ultimately trying to play for a championship? I'll say this much. I don't think that people would care where Memphis is at as much if they weren't calling out Golden State. Because if you're going to call out the defending champs, you better be ready to take the mantle. And Memphis in the offseason, like people forget, like they're missing a couple other guys from last year who are major contributors. Like Kyle Anderson was a great piece for them last year. The Anthony Melton was a great piece for them last year. And they didn't go out and replace them. I think that they felt like, well, we have some of these young guys, like whether it's Tillman or whether they, they drafted David Roddy or, but these are guys that are getting minutes that I think on a lot of teams wouldn't be getting as many minutes. Like Chris and I were just talking about it on the off the ball network show. These guys are playing like 15 to 18 minutes right now because Bain's hurt. And so is Steven Adams. So yeah, there's cause for concern because this team is not as deep as they were last year. Obviously, Desmond Bain looked like an all-star until he got hurt. So when him and Jar are both healthy, sure, like they they can go out Golden State from like a Splash Brothers perspective, but Golden State's just a way deeper team than they are. So yeah, I think there's cause for concern. Like this is a team that should be trying to make a move at the deadline. I don't know why they have so many young pieces. Like I'm all for having young guys, but if you're in this win now mode, like they like to try and convince us that they are, then you need to go out and get guys that can help you win a championship this year or next year. And I don't think that they necessarily have the time frame to just sit on a roster like this. So I'd like to see them be buyers at the deadline, go and replace those guys that they're missing. Cause those guys are having good years as well on their new teams. So yeah, I think there's cause for concern because it's not as deep of a group, but they talk smack like they're just as good, if not better, than they were last year. Yeah, and so I'll say this. So Memphis is the reason, you know, I brought up in the chat um, earlier in the week, like later on we should do like comparing NBA teams to NFL teams. And Memphis is the sole reason for that. Actually, I came up with the idea after Buffalo lost to Cincinnati. And because they, I think Buffalo was a lot more quiet about it but they're barking as if, like, they've done something. And so, like, preseason, you know, we already talked about, like, we deem Buffalo because they're so good. They got everything they need. We kind of deem them champions prior to the season even starting, and they really haven't done nothing to get that kind of respect. And so I feel like it's almost the same with Memphis. They're just loud about it. Like, they feel like they've earned some stripes. You know, even last year, like, they were barking at LeBron. You know, LeBron had got into it, and, like, you know, they, they were barking at Steph and they were barking at some of these guys that have earned their keep of like they have legacies. You're in the middle of building one, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you haven't done nothing like you haven't done your step one. So I think for Memphis, it reminds me a lot of that. They're just louder about it. They got the swagger about them. They're a fan favorite. Everybody loves Memphis, um, but it just it really does bother me. And then you go on a five game losing streak and you're supposed to brush it off and not fully focus on that. But like. Chris, what do you think? Like, are you concerned for Memphis that there's just a distraction on the ultimate goal? Distraction? I don't know about. I just think right now, I, they maybe it's you know they struggled scoring, especially if Jaw's not you know um, doing what Jaw does. And obviously, Bain, you know, he was out yesterday with the knee, and and hopefully that's not something we see a lot more because um, you know we've seen so many injuries this year. And Bain has been was out for a while. Hopefully, that's not something that reoccurs for them because they need him. Because if they if he's out, too much reliance on John. Ja. We know the way Ja plays his style of play that you know he can easily miss games too. So that then you know um, I don't think they're as deep as they were last year. Where you know when Ja was out, I mean they went like they lost like three games and like like seventeen and three, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. They were really good, you know, but. Um, but Tyus Jones was good, but he hasn't been as good this year. But um, I, I worry that their bench isn't as good. Um, they have a lot of young guys that have talent who they drafted and all that, but um, I don't know if they're ready right now to give you competitive minutes. And let's see, I made a little room, <laughs> you know, but um, they're a team that, you know, 
could use some depth, you know, at the deadline. They could, you know, me and Ken talked about it, maybe add, you know, you know, a piece. I know they're in on the OG possible, but that's going to cost you a lot. But if you're in win now mode, that might be worth it for them to get another guy that can, you know, contribute, you know, not just defensively, but give you some, some thing offensively. So um, I think their young guys maybe be a year away, like Jake Laravia, Tillman, you know, they got, you know, Zaire Williams, where they took a few years ago, you know, top 10 and all that, which kind of was debatable whether he was a top 10 pick or not. Top 10 talent, but whether he was really, you know, should have been worthy of a top 10 pick and all that. So, you know, I always question why they made that move because I still think he's kind of hit or miss, you know, especially yeah. in, that, in that Warriors game. There was some mistakes he made that, you know, especially on that last play where he kind of let, you know, he kind of let Poole just get inside of him and get the bucket, you know, to basically win the game. So there's some things that I don't, you know, I don't, you know, their bench, you know, they still have enough scoring right now. I think they need some more scoring. So whether they try to get that the deadline, but it's going to be expensive at the deadline, man. There's a lot of teams that, that are going to be in it more teams than I thought that would are in it right now. I thought there'd be more teams trying to enter the tank sweepstakes and just put their names into Wemby sweepstakes. But there's a lot of teams in it. There's only like five, six teams that are, you could say that are dead. Everyone else still thinks they have a shot, you know, to, so the, the, the trade deadline is going to be expensive. You know, if you want to get the Boyan, you know, the Bogdanovich, or if you want to get a Beasley or Gary Trent or Fred Van Lee or any of those type of players, OG, you know, Raptors, we don't know what they're going to do, but like there's players like that are going to be really expensive. So, but, but Chris, like we just chatted about it on the other show. Who's a guy that wouldn't be expensive that they could probably go and get that would yeah, fit Crowder, their system yeah. perfectly? Crowder, is yeah, Crowder. And that situation is so weird. That is a, such a that's a very odd situation because he's not a player like like when we hear like when we would if you were to hear that you'd be like oh that's probably like Kevin Durant or someone like that not Jay Crowder and all but so that that just that situation's weird. I don't I you know there's people that blame him. There's people that are blaming the Suns. Just a really odd situation. But Memphis would be a great because he he feels like a Memphis Grizzly. He really does feel like yeah, a, just like when he was in Miami, like yeah. you know, like it's and everywhere he goes, they win, right? Boston, Memphis, Phoenix, everywhere he goes, they you know, they tend to to be better. So yeah, and it's blue players. It's, it's like one of those you gotta be careful saying that because like we're it's it's almost like we're like oh everywhere he goes he wins like he's got no, that. but he's one of those blue players like 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 Tucker and all that where you just need yeah. those type of guys. He, he would come in from day one and he would immediately with those guys be like yeah like I rock with you guys like let's do this like, and he's a three and D guy like, on top of that like he's yeah. a three and D guy which is why and I don't think the price tag is that high on him I really yeah. don't think that going and I getting Blake Crowder is going to cost you a ton. I think Phoenix is trying to maximize the value right now, but we know, like, okay, nobody's biting. They're trying to get he's as much as value. value. He's depreciated. And at the deadline, they're going to be like, look, do you want to hang on to this quote-unquote problem that we have in this organization, or do you want to give them to us for, like, a second rounder and a young player? Yeah. They have plenty of solid young guys that they could give up for them. And Crowder makes, like, for me, like, obviously, like, I see him, you know, I've seen him everywhere, but I'm saying like with Miami, it hits home. Like he's a three and D guy, but he's a guy, he's going to give you everything he got. And I think Memphis, and he's a veteran. So like, I think Memphis needs that veteran who's going to rock with you from day one, like Ken said, and he's going to give you everything he got. Like you never watch Jay Crowder, even if he has an off night shooting or whatever, you never walk away and be like, he could have played harder. He's not one of those guys. Like just like PJ Tucker, like I feel like a couple of years ago in Miami, like you never walked away. Okay, PJ Tucker might only had six points, but he played good defense. And you're like he played. He, he played hard. Like we're not walking around like, oh, we lost this game because of the lack of effort from Jay Crowder or PJ Tucker. So I think that's where he would fit with Memphis, and they don't need him to do anything except what he does well: play defense and shoot the three, hit the corner three. Like that would be the expectation with Jay Crowder, and he would do that really well. And he he wouldn't be a fit prop. Oh, how is Jay Crowder going to fit in this? He doesn't need the ball in his hands. He's not a ball handler. He's going to play defense, and he's going to catch the passes in the corner from Ja when Ja drives and dishes, and he's going to make Ja's job easier, and he's a knockdown shooter. Like he's one of those, if he gets five or six threes. Does he need to play defense, though, when Jaron Jackson Jr. is putting up these his- historic defensive numbers at home, especially? Oh, like, like, there. like, there's no <laughs> way that he needs to play defense when he's got Jaron Jackson Jr., the second coming of Ben Wallace, behind him. So, like, I'm just saying. 
But at the same time, like he might be better than he might be better than Bill Russell. He might be better than Bill Russell, man. I'm not even. I don't even want to. I don't even want to dive down that rabbit hole that Cole <laughs> sent me to this morning. Because Come on, we we couldn't talk about Memphis that, without that, bringing up the conspiracy. That's crazy. what happens when you go. That's what happens when you go on Reddit because Reddit is very dangerous. <laughs> it's a very dangerous. Oh, people on Reddit. Have These are people that don't hands. watch the game. These are they people have, that they have time on their hands to do that. Like, bro, do you know how detailed? Do you know how detailed that was of like eye opening things? Like, bro, we weren't thinking of none of this. Like, we weren't thinking about this at all. And they took a deep dive. And you're like, wow, like that is kind of concerning. So we'll move off. We'll move off of Memphis because this is this is one that I do have this question, and I really want to know y'all answers. So I'm not even gonna say anything. I'm just gonna ask the question, starting with you, Chris. Does, does Jokic? Is all the pressure on him to win a championship this year? No, I don't think so. I think I think we've you know people have created it because of you know he's going to possibly and and maybe deservedly win his third straight MVP. Um, but pressure, I, I I don't I didn't I don't think of Denver as a pressure team because I still don't think they have the pieces you know a championship level caliber team because they have Michael Porter Jr. on their team and it's hard for me to be like yeah that that's a he's an he's a championship piece you know uh, a third option that I can trust and all that and you know we've seen what Jamal Murray can do but that was in the bubble where we saw a lot of his magic and he's been hurt you know we got to see what he can do so I I don't know there's this I don't think I don't think the pressure is there where we're for most like if this was Giannis and yeah, without that MVP, maybe I say there's a lot of pressure. I think there's more pressure on Embiid, you know, um, because he has Harden, and then he has to me he has championship a championship level co star with him, you know, where Jokic doesn't have that. Yeah, they're playing good, but it's also because the West has a lot of injuries. There's been a lot of injuries out West and all that, and they just right now the healthiest team, and the healthiest team probably going to get there. But I don't I don't think the pressure is there like if he doesn't win the championship if they get to the conference finals and, and all that and and they lose in six and seven and i mean i just don't i don't know if the pressure is there as as with other players i think other players have more pressure i think you know kd has pressure you know uh mb has more pressure and all that and it's not an excuse making an excuse for a joke but i just i don't i know they're the number one seed and all that but i don't think the pressure is there with as if with other players this is my opinion though Ken, what do you think before I give my thoughts? What do you think? Does he need a championship? I think for all the all-time center talk that we're hearing with Jokic and knowing what the benchmark previously has been for all-time centers, I think that that he's under a ton of pressure to get a chip this year. First of all, like the West is probably more wide open than it's been for his entire career than it is right now. We don't know what's happening with the Clippers, whether Kawhi and Paul George will let's face it, even play like a full seven-game series. Golden State's gone through their early season struggles, so can they figure it out? We're talking about teams like the Kings being in the playoffs, the Pelicans. They would right now get the Timberwolves in the first round if they were facing the eight seed. So, yeah, I think he's under a ton of pressure if he's going to be considered one of those all-time great centers because, yeah, if he wins three... In the bigger games, scope, yeah, yeah. I, I thought we were just more like this year, but like bigger scope, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Because like when we think about all-time centers, what's like the big separator between guys like Patrick Ewing and like David Robinson? Championships. Championships. And and that's what it boils down to at the center position in particular. There's a lot of great guards that don't have championships, but center-wise, I think he's under a ton of pressure now. I think the fact that he has Jamal Murray healthy again, Michael Porter Jr. healthy again, Aaron Gordon playing well as well. Like this still isn't a very deep Denver Nuggets team. And it's why it drives me crazy that they haven't been buyers or like at least sign guys in the offseason to actually make a run at this thing because they're squandering the prime of a top five player because he's made it to what one West final where they lost to the Lakers in the bubble. And now they're the one seed once again that they're healthy. So why shouldn't they be buyers at the deadline? Why wouldn't they be going all in? This feels like the year for them where if you're ever going to win the Western Conference, it has to be now. Like Zion and the Pelicans are coming. They're probably a year away. We talk about Memphis being a year or two away. 
So why wouldn't you make the push right now? If you're going to get Jokic his chip, it should be right now with the current roster that they have. They probably need another piece or two to do it. But yeah, I think he should be under a ton of pressure. I think that people almost laugh off like Jokic is like a really good player because he's not that like, he doesn't play like a KD or like a Giannis. Like he kind of just like casually goes about his business. He's in Denver. So a lot of people don't talk about the Nuggets very often. And so, yeah, I think that he should be under a lot of pressure, whether or not people are taking Denver seriously as the one seed is another conversation. But if you're the one seed in, in your conference in a wide open conference, you should be under a ton of pressure. Yeah. And for me, I think especially if he does win, if he does win his third MVP in a row, I mean, he's back to back MVP already. So like you've kind of been deemed like the best performer throughout the regular season back to back. It's a possibility that he could be, I think he's what, third in the NBA MVP ladder right now um, behind uh, Tatum and MB. I think they just dropped it and it was, I think he was third. But like there was a point in time. Yeah, Embiid's ahead of him right now. Embiid's two, Tatum one, and then Jokic is three. So I would, but, I would have Embiid as number one right now in the MVP race. There was a point in time, though, like a, a month ago, where we were having the conversation where, like, he could win his third MVP. And I'm saying if we're going to put – if he wins his third MVP in a row, that puts him in unprecedented territory with, like, I think the list is what? Like, one or two other players? I think it's Bird and Russell? Let me, I'll double check that. But so he could be the first player since Bird basically to win three MVPs in a row. And we're not like, I feel like if we're not putting pressure to like, you got to win a championship. And you know, because I love football so much, I'll put the comparison. I think just Bird. I think just Bird. Did LeBron win three in a row? Because he won four or five. Two in a row. He won two, Rose won. Oh, Rose Rose broke it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I look at it like with. With Jokic, is like, okay, so you'll be in unprecedented water with Larry Bird. Larry Bird won championships. If you win three in a row, even being back-to-back, like, we 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 go on the NFL side. We talk about Aaron Rodgers underachieving. Oh, and then we give him the excuse he doesn't have enough. But at the end of the day, he underachieved. Like, you're a back-to-back MVP, and you're not getting it done when it matters. I think Jokic is in the same thing, but he's going to slide under the radar. Because he's in Denver, his game isn't exciting. It's not fun to talk about Jokic. Like, it's fun to talk about the pressure on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. He's not going to make headlines. Jokic will drop a 40-point triple-double, and you won't know if you don't look or didn't watch. Like, where if Kevin Durant drop a 40-point triple-double, the whole world going to explode on NBA Twitter about, like, man, Kevin Durant, he's still, you know, because he's more of a flashy player he's more of a star where I think Jokic is such a great player but he's just he doesn't he's a superstar in the NBA sense but he's not a superstar in the celebrity sense like he's not a celebrity basketball player where Kevin Durant is LeBron James are you ain't gonna catch Jokic on the red carpet at the Grammys or at the you ain't gonna catch him at the the, the Serbian Grammys we don't know he could be, but that, yeah, that's over there. Like, but, but also with like with, him, with comparing like him to KD, I think that it's it's different because of like how KD went about, you know, building the big three. Right, it's first him and Kyrie, then they add James Harden and all that, and then the whole trade stuff and all the offseason where Jokic, you don't have any of that. So I think that's what adds to like KD's pressure and all that. But this is you an MVP I, that we're not talking. Like we're not even putting any. This is the first time. And this is like literally the first time I remember in a while where outside of Russ, I say Russ only because like we know why he won MVP, he won MVP because he averaged triple doubles, but we weren't putting pressure on that OKC team with no Kevin Durant to win a championship. But like since Russ, and it was a historic why he won the MVP, like we're not putting pressure on the MVP candidate. Like if you win MVP, it should be possible. We know in the NBA, you're one of the best teams in the league. You're arguably the best player in the league on one of the best teams in the league. So there should be pressure going into the postseason that you got to get the job done. He's been to a Western Conference Finals, so he's shown that he can get there. I know it was in the bubble, but I don't even like the conversation of the bubble doesn't matter. Yes, yeah. it does. It, it did matter. It, it, it only And every NBA player has told you it was tougher in the bubble than anything else. So... Like when players are saying that, I'm not going to dispute what players are talking about. Kyle Kuzma, the most recent person to speak on what it was like in the bubble. But Jokic has gotten to the Western Cup, but you got to get over that hump. Like if you're going to be a possible three MVP in a row candidates, like, and we're going to put you in this all time ranking 
because in that all time conversation of centers based on skill, talent, and in winning MVPs, like everybody, all of them other guys got championships. Like all them other Hakeem championships, Shaq championships, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, like they have championships. Like when is it that we're going to start applying pressure on Jokic to win a championship or start applying pressure on Denver? To help Jokic win a championship, like whether it's I'm on, more on that, I'm more on that train than the, the Jokic. Like they whether to, it's on Jokic yeah. himself or the organization, like Denver as a whole, like because you have a back-to-back MVP and very possible. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's a possibility being a top three MVP candidate right now that you have a guy who wins three in a row and like you come out of there and like, yeah, we had this great individual, but he never won a championship or we didn't get him the right help. Like I think it goes hand in hand though because. Bro, Jokic could carry the team throughout any part of the season. We've seen it. But I know it gets tougher when you're playing the same team in a seven-game series. But if you finish with the one seed, like, whether you think they're legitimate or not, like Ken said, if you finish as the one seed and you have the MVP or even a top two, three MVP candidate, like, you should be able to get the job done. Like, we we put the pressure on Golden State last year to be able to do it. Like, we would put the pressure on – we even put pressure on Utah. Even though we didn't take them serious as the one seed, what, two years ago? We still put pressure that, like, it was a failure that they didn't go to the Western Conference Finals as the one seed. And then that's when we started realizing they should probably blow it up. So there was still pressure on Utah. There would be pressure on Boston this year if they finish as the one seed. There's pressure on Philly. But it just seems like we talk about everybody but Denver and Jokic as far as they, there needs to be some applied pressure or there needs to be some narratives pushed that Jokic needs a, a, a championship because we bring up Embiid, but it's like if we bring up KD, don't care how he did it, he's still got two of them. We bring up Kyrie, don't care how he did it, he's still got a championship. Like we're applying pressure to guys who are already champions outside of Embiid. I think he does have a lot of pressure in Harden, but we're not going to apply it to Jokic. That's, I, I won't say that's my, that's my problem with it is like, bro, you are a back-to-back MVP. Like, you turn it in the NFL side, we're killing Aaron Rodgers for being a back-to-back MVP and, and underachieving, not reaching, the, you know, haven't won something in so many years. So I think the same needs to be applied to Jokic. Like, you've made a Western Conference Finals, so why not Why not ask to, the back-to-back MVP to be able to get over the hump? Embiid's not getting killed as much either, I think, because of the conference that he plays in. Because you look at the Eastern Conference and it's so loaded right now. It's that tough. I think that, that I think everyone's like, well, if Embiid lost to like Giannis and their big three or they know. lost. To- I don't know. I don't know. I, I got a different feeling about that. I think he has think, a lot of pressure. I think there's a cop out for Embiid if he faced like if he plays. Like if they Brooklyn, lost to like Cleveland, then we would kill him. But if he played like Brooklyn in the second round. And loss, like there's st- like there's that's a series that there's pressure on a lot of players to get that job done, like Harden and Embiid. But, but on the Brooklyn side of things, those two have chips. On the Philly side, yeah. they don't. So so if they lose to that team and we kill Brooklyn for how bad Ben Simmons has been, okay, well then why can't you beat that team? Because outside of like those two and Ben, we're looking at Nick Claxton, Seth Curry, like. At least in Philly, you've got Maxi, you've got Tobias, you've got a decent. That's what I'm saying. Now. That's why I feel like there's pressure on them because they have a championship. I, I, I think it them, depends. I picked them to go to the finals because of this team and Maxi. And like you said, Tobias having Tobias Harris as your fourth yes. option. Yeah. How many teams would be under kill to have a Tobias Harris as your fourth option? But you how have two much? MVP players as one and two, Maxi, an up and coming star, and. Tobias Harris as your four. Well, Harden is no level, no longer an MVP level player. He's an all star. Yeah, yeah, but he's still. I, I agree with what player. Chris is saying. Like, if we're talking about them having what you would deem like a big three, because I think Maxi's been really good and Tobias. So you're talking like a big three and a half. Yeah. Then if you lose to if you lose to Boston, I think everyone's like, you know what? Like that that's just a really great team that they're losing to. If you lose to Milwaukee, it's probably the same thing. But if you lose to a Brooklyn, you used to, you lose to a Cleveland, then it's like, yeah. man, what what are we talking about here? Because mm-hmm. Cleveland's got limited playoff experience on that team. It's basically just Donovan Mitchell that's been in yeah, the they're, to me, Cleveland's like next year is where I see the leap for them. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people feel the same in the West with a team like the Pelicans, because there's not a lot of playoff experience on that team either. Yeah. But I think it, it depends on who you lose to. If if the Sixers went to the East final and then they lost to, let's say, Milwaukee or Boston, then I think we're like, you know what? Like, 
And seven, yeah. That, that, that's that, that's tough. But yeah. if if you're Jokic and you're losing to like some of these teams like Minnesota or like yeah, uh, yeah. If if they get bounced in the first round and they lose to freaking even, Minnesota, let's, like let's okay, call that's a different it what it is. They should be in the West Final at minimum this year. Denver should be in the West Final with how wide open the Western Conference is as the one seed. You're going to have home court against likely Minnesota. I uh, maybe you get like a team like Sacramento slips or the Pelicans like you should beat these teams and then you should be beating everyone outside of Golden State in the West. Yeah. But well, like if you're the real it, one seed. But if Jokic is doing Jokic stuff, he's every getting triple doubles, but Jamal Murray shooting 8 of 20 and Michael Porter Jr is going MIA like is it fair that we put so much on Jokic when his supporting cast is Yes. is not Yes, supporting cast of others in like in the I, Western Conference. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Period. We we put a lot of pressure even when KD had to carry himself. Now we don't kill him. We we do praise him for the performance he had against. KD won a championship with Steph Curry though. That's no, but I'm saying I'm talking about in Brooklyn when like basically you know when Kyrie went down and Harden was hurt. We still put like we didn't expect KD to necessarily win, but we're like, all right, you got to carry this team. What are you made of? And he proceeded to give you almost. I think he gets a pass for that, but everything else like last he year get and a all pass, that. But we he didn't get a pass for. We, we asked like when when they went down, we asked like, can KD carry this team? Granted, for almost a fifty point triple double, he answered that question. Like, yes, he could oh, carry. No, this we team. know he could do it, but Joe Harris didn't step up. Like we, if you watched it. And like we know, we watch ball. Like we know, Joe Harrison didn't step. Guys didn't step up for KD in that. When when you need guys but to step up, guys, Joe Harris is making ninety million dollars. I need you to step up, my boy. And I didn't step up. We, we are giving but you. But if Jamal Murray up, and Michael Porter don't show up, and Jokic is averaging 35, 12, That's a cop 12, out to Jokic. That's a cop out to Jokic to me. I, I'm just saying we're we're holding him to a different standard that we are some of these other players because. Look, yeah, if other guys don't show up, if Jamal Murray doesn't, if Aaron Gordon doesn't, if Michael Porter Jr. doesn't, but, man, you got to get to the West Final. Like, like, come on. Look you have Jamal Murray, right you have Michael Porter Jr., you have Aaron Gordon. At the end of the day – Maybe like, it's because I just don't like your supporting cast. Maybe it's just me because I just don't – I know they're number one seed, but I feel like it's by default because of injuries and all that. I just – maybe it's because I simply don't – trust their supporting cast with Jokic. That's just maybe me. But they maybe. have a good enough team to where saying the expectations Yeah, like they've been they've been to a Western Conference final before with this supporting cast with no Aaron Gordon at the time. So I think like... I, I didn't trust them back then and you yeah, know, once and that was also the Clippers Denver. not showing up too, but like I just don't like the support. I don't like there there is one in the playoffs. That's just me. I don't trust them in the playoffs. That's just in me. If there's one team that needs OG Ananobi the most, it's Denver. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if they need him the most. I think they, they need more guys off the bench. They're um, they're not uh, great defensively right now. Like, like who's their wing stopper defensively right like now? Like a Jay Crowder would be good for them too. Another but, big but, but guy. But I'm just saying, like, like if like, you don't want to take them seriously with a supporting cast, getting a guy like OG Ananobi, whatever it takes, whether that's like, I'd move Aaron Gordon for him in a heartbeat. No, not think, this year. No, 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 you can't do it. I, I, would. I think I, the off season is going to be big for them. This off season where they'll see they make moves. He's better. I think just overall, they need defense. I just feel like the pressure does need to be applied to Nikola Jokic. We're talking about a guy who could win three MVPs in a row and you come in that three year stretch with no championships or no possible, no championship appearance. Like, to me, then like, all right, cool. You a great individual player, but like you ain't yo, yo MVP performance ain't getting your team over the hump because when we're where we're putting him in this, and I'm not saying we as in us three, but I'm saying the conversation around Jokic is where he is as an all-time center based on talent and accomplishments so far, and possible future accomplishments. Like, all right, bro, like you could be empty stats and win all the MVPs you want, but like if you're not winning championships or at least playing for championships and making it a finals appearance like bro chris paul and devin booker made the finals like like jamal murray aaron gordon yeah. michael porter Devin's jr has chris paul though <laughs> yeah, chris paul nicola jokic porter jr yeah nicola jokic had devin booker and nicola jokic better than both of them combined right now so like he is a top three player going into the season you could make an argument that he's the best player in the league i'm not saying he is but there's an argument for Jokic to be considered the best player in the league and every year the top three guys whoever the top three guys were every year for as long as i could remember 
there's always been pressure for them to have to win a championship. Like you're one well, of the get, three best players. We conference don't typically, final. Yeah, we don't typically final. see the three best players be on a bad team. Like typically they are on a really good team that could make the run. I mean, if we talk about three best players right now, I'll just name three. Giannis, Kevin Durant, and Nikola Jokic. We'll just say those are the three best players. They're all on good enough teams to win championships. Just, so just, guys, just get Luka Doncic and this, this will end. Also, let's call a state of space here, though. We're like, are we also not taking Jokic a bit? Like, we're not taking him seriously because he's European as well. Because there is a little bit of that bias over the years. Where I think we, I think a lot of a lot of people kind of like Dirk. Said Dirk that, yeah. used to win the West, like or be like the number one seed in the West all the time, and then they would get to the playoffs, and then they wouldn't win. And at a certain I think point, Dirk got more pressure than had, Jokic had. Though. At, at a certain point, though, we were just like, man, they're just a great regular season, especially team. after that. And then when uh, people expect them to win, then they did. Yeah, I think Dirk's pressure became. Not it was a lot of pressure after he won MVP and then they lost to the We Believe team. But then when they lost to Miami after being up 2 0, that's when we started getting heat. For you. And I think that will happen to Jokic it's this like year. If if the he gets, let's say, let's year. say he gets to the finals and he's up 2 0, just like we killed Chris Paul, right? I think that's where we get more pressure for players when they have big moments, really big moments, and then, and they, then they fall. Like Dirk, if, if Dirk never got to the finals and all that, I don't think. I think we still would like, you know, would praise Dirk and all that, but we we wouldn't care. But the fact that he won the MVP, lost as a number one seed, sixty five wins, and lose to an eight seed like like uh, Golden State, and then a couple years later they go and lose to uh, the um, no, that was a couple years before they lose to Miami. Like that, that's when people are like, okay, hold hold up, Dirk, you won MVP, number one seed, two games away from winning a championship, and you didn't capitalize. That's what I think people will get on Jokic. If it happens this year, if Jokic is up 2-0 in the conference finals, 2-0 in the finals, that's when we'll start applying pressure on him. And if he loses, that's when we because that's what happens. That's what's going to happen. I mean, that's like we get on Kawhi for, for the 2-0, the 3-1 against uh, in the bubble. We get on Kawhi and the Clippers for that. That's what we need. We need that to happen. We got on Golden State and all that. That's what happens. When we see that happen, that's when we – then we're going to be like, okay, Jokic, three MVPs. You got oh, to a conference you know, finals, and then make like final this you year. lost two zero in the finals. That's because look at Chris Paul. We well, all we think about the great career this man's have, and all we think about is yo, you were up two zero in the NBA finals, and I you mean, dominated. Yeah. You dominated those two. So I think but that's what he is. So we apply pressure on him. If he doesn't reach the conference finals, I think you got to apply pressure. I don't care who he matches up against. Like there will be pressure. But not, but it needs like what happened to Dirk to be like, oh, now we, we on your ass. Yeah, why the pressure to be like, we're on you now that you made the finals and didn't get the job done. Like, I think if he doesn't get to the conference finals, I, I mean, if you finish as the one seed, bro, I like this team enough that if they get as the one seed and you got one of the three best players in the world, like, I, I do think there should let be. Give you, let me give you it depends, it depends. You lose to Golden State in the West final. I think we don't kill him. But I think if you lose, what if they play him in the first round? In the West, what they're not going to play. I, I don't. No, then they, no, I don't care. If you play Golden State in the first round and lose, I'm not giving you a pass. Well, no, you I'm lose. not saying first round. I'm saying they right, both right, get right. to the conference finals, and then you lose to Golden State. I don't think we kill Jokic because they're like, yes. you know what? That's just a championship team that showed up come playoff. But time. if they were up two zero earlier than that. But if they were two zero, I mean, yeah, dominate the first two games and then they lose four in a row. Then I think a pressure gets pride. I think I think that's what we're wait we not that we need, but that's what we're waiting for. Like same the same thing happened with Dirk gets passed, but then like I mentioned for it, it, yeah, we need we need that type of scenario to happen to be like okay, Jokic, we we can't give you a pass no more and all that. Like you will up two zero or whatever. I just, Something I, I like just that. think he should have that pressure this year with how wide open that conference is. Oh, no I, 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 I can see that. I can definitely see that. I just don't think there's. As much We're not talking about it now, but players. at the end of the year, if you lose in like the West semis or even the conference finals, depending how you lose, I think that then we'll start to have the conversation. Of I like, think that is applies pressure guy to that Denver. Puts up numbers, but like yeah, they're never huh. going to be a championship team. I think that yeah. applies pressure to Denver though, because Denver would have to really look and be like, okay, Jamal Murray, we're paying you max money. My- Michael Porter paying you max money. We have our star. Like before, like things get crazy, and then like people ask for out. Like we can't afford to lose this guy. Jokic like yeah. he's our guy like we need to really evaluate is this core a championship Good level enough. core yep. because that's going to be big because you have the three let's say he wins he's going to be a three-time MVP possibly and then we have a, a bunch of guys that are 
you know, maybe an all-star appearance here, but like we don't have another all-star really because none of these guys have been all-stars other than Jokic. So like we have to figure out if this core is a championship level core. And I think that applies pressure, which might be a good thing for Denver to apply pressure on them to figure out how do we get over that hump? Because we have our guy, we have a superstar in, in, in them waiting. How do we apply and win championship now? Because the, you know, you guys like Jokic built like that don't tend to last long, you know? So like, yeah, but I still like, before we move on, I just feel like, like in the scenario. Okay. If they, if they played the warriors and lost and, hypothetically they weren't up 2-0 just lost in six or seven in a back and forth series in the Western conference finals. I won't kill them. But at the same time, like right now there is a possibility that golden state, like if it ended right now, they're a seven seed, but we know what to play in. Like if they lost the first game and then, you know, won the second game, like you could play golden state in the first round. And to me, like, even if they play golden state, like, dang, you got the worst matchup possible for a one eight seed, but you still got to get the job done. You got like, at the end of the day, you do have home court. And I know the reason why Golden State would be the eight seed. <laughs> like, yeah, and you got championship well. experience. I know they like, oh well, Golden State, they're champions. I get that, but they are like this year they'd be coming in as a possible eight seed. Like you as a one seed, not getting out of the first round, you you will get killed for it. Like period point blank, and there will be a lot of pressure. So enough about Jokic. We will move on. I didn't anticipate to- us getting really upset about Nikola Jokic. Well, it's good because I know, I know. we just let him slide under the radar regardless. Like when he plays great, it doesn't get talked about enough. But then like with him playing so great, the, the you know, like if he's with him playing so great, it's like we don't, it goes under, it's just, his game goes under the radar in a sense. So we're going to talk about the scariest team. And when I say the scariest team, I literally mean like right now, who's just a team that you don't want to have to face in the playoffs if you're, essentially looking to win a championship. So Ken, I'll start with you based on the standings and, and, and everything else. And it, it just basically outside of the top two seeds in each conference, who's the scariest team that like, you don't want to have to play in order to try and win a championship when that's your goal. I don't want to see the bucks at all. I mean, I've been Middleton high on the bucks Middleton all year. They haven't been playing with Middleton basically the entire the season. season and they're the three seed in the East right now. You have who I think is the best player on the planet in Giannis. You got Middleton and Drew Holiday as the two, three punch. You've got Brooke Lopez back playing really good defense. Like the reason why I don't want to see the Bucks is because I think that they can really dirty up a series just with like their defense. And that's just not a matchup that you want to see in today's NBA where everything's about offense and like we see the Bucks get into a shootout yesterday, 141 to 131. I think come playoff time, Milwaukee's a team that can hang 110, 115 on you fairly consistently. And then they can buckle down on defense and give you problems. I think they do need a deadline move of maybe just adding another shooter because they're not one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league. But outside of that, I'm like <laughs> zero chance I want to see this team in the playoffs. Chris, who who is your like scariest team? Like, I don't want to see that. out out east. It's I would agree with Milwaukee, especially with Middleton back, because that's been kind of their struggle is is finding scoring that second option. Um, you know, no Drew that, but Drew's you know you need Drew on the defensive end and all that. Now you got that scoring puncher Middleton. He just came back. I think he had played fourteen minutes. I had like seventeen points, something like that yesterday. So getting him back is huge out east. So I don't want to play them, especially with Giannis. And that's going to make Giannis a more efficient player. He hasn't been as efficient as he's been in past because he just has so much more. Yeah, he went through for like four yeah. games. He was slumping, you know, you know, I wish I had his slump where you know he's still an MVP and but he's going to get back to playing his type of basketball. And out west, the Warriors. Like if you're Memphis and you're the two seed. You do not want to play a seven seed in in the Warriors. Like, uh, and you know it's crazy. I had them. I thought the Warriors dynasty was over last year. I really did, and I thought I mean, a lot of people thought that. And I was like, I just thought the core. And all, I, I just I thought it was over. But and not saying they're going to win championship shit, but I just would not want to play them as a one or two. Like if I'm in a mm-hmm. one or two seed, I'm like, I like if I'm Denver, I'm I'm scared. Like I, I'm like, okay, let's lose some game. Let's try to be a three seed. Let's play. Let's I'm play someone else. Right? I have to play Golden. Yeah, State. I don't want to play Golden. State. You don't want to play a team that, if they get healthy at the end of the year and everyone's yeah. clicking, 
that's they may be the greatest eight seed or seven seed of all time. Like that's they, and they might be favorite if they play Memphis right now. If it's a two seven Memphis versus Warriors, the Warriors, Warriors are favorites are to win that series if they're healthy. If they're healthy, they're yeah, a favorite. Vegas the last is time, scared to lose money on that. They, yeah, they're one hundred percent favoring Golden. State. Yeah, like, and that's never that's probably haven't happened ever in any two seven series or maybe potential one eight. Like so, like I don't want to play the Warriors. Um, uh, at Warriors out west and Milwaukee uh, in the east, I just I, I'd be petrified, especially the Warriors. Like, yeah. uh, since, since if you're first... Memphis too, if you're Memphis, you don't want any smoke. Because y'all talk, they talk a lot of like you mentioned before, like they talk a lot of stuff and all that. And that that seems like it's one of the better rivalries in the NBA right now. And and like you don't think and the Warriors they thrive on finding any type of motivation. Like last year was like, oh, everyone counting us out, right? Everyone yes, thinks it's over. Everyone thinks it's over. Now this year is like, oh, Memphis is going to be that team. This is Jaws NBA. Well, guess what? Steph Curry's still around. Draymond can still play, you know, yeah. and all that. Clay is looking like Clay. Pool, you know, they got these guys with a chip on their shoulder. Like you can't give the Warriors any bit of you know, like to make them feel like, okay, now this season's worth. Because oh, everyone also thinks, oh, they got their four. That's it. Well, this is motivation to be like, okay, we're going to play Memphis in round one, the team that everyone thinks is the next coming up. Okay, let's show them. Since, since Chris gave a West team, I do want to mention one, Mo, before you Go ahead. yours. I don't want to see the Pelicans healthy. Healthy, yep. Because if you think about this team all year, like how many games have CJ, Zion, Ingram, and Valanciunas all played together? I can't imagine that it's many because – They're not even double digits. And they are still right now the four seed in the Western Conference. That is like Zion healthy is uh, walking 25 and 10. And Ingram being the second scoring option is pretty crazy. CJ being a third option, like he should have been in Portland if they would have done it right, where he would have been the third option. He's a great a third option. That's and had a real chance at winning a championship instead of being a two. Mm-hmm. And then just a lot of a lot of fun guys in that team as well, like Valanciunas. I love Herb Jones defensively. Alvarado with his stupid steals that we see all the time. New York, man. He plays media. like a New York point guard. That's what I love about Alvarado. But they need more <laughs> scoring because when B.I. was out, and obviously when you lose your top two guys, scoring is going to go. But they still need more scoring. But they have a lot of good defenders and all that. But they – they, they they desperately, especially off the bench, they need more scoring punch. But when they're healthy, you got a healthy Zion, you got a healthy BI. BI just came back, so and that's, that's what I mean. Though, if you have those four healthy, yeah. they could legitimately put up ninety to hundred points each game just between those four. Guys. And you just stagger those four, especially like BI, Zion, and CJ. Mm-hmm. Like in, when you you're gonna start them, but then like with th- when you have three guys and your concern is bench scoring. You could stagger minutes exactly. where you always make sure like one of those guys. Be like you could have CJ man. run the second unit kind of with like with. Yeah, uh, like you make those initial substitutions in the middle of the first quarter. Like, OK, we'll keep CJ out. He'll run through the first quarter. He'll take his break. You know, the last minute of the I first. I still quarter. think they need a, another perimeter score. If they can get one. I do. I, think I, do too. I just think even with it constructed how it is. Yeah, right no, now, no. Even constructed. I don't yeah, want to no. see that. No, team. no. And because I I love this team coming out. Points wise yeah, with yeah, those they, four. Oof. And, and it's just t- it's so tough stopping Zion downhill. Like it's it's nearly impossible. I don't think there's a guy that can really stop him going downhill. But the only thing that's going to stop him is health. That's yeah. the only thing that's going to stop this team. And that's why they're scary. You get them healthy come playoff time. Oof, I, I don't want to see. And that, that crowd too. That crowd is is they got a really underrated home court advantage. Like a really they underrated pushed the Suns last year without Zion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, they pushed them. So that that that's another dangerous team. But they have to be healthy though. Yeah. And that's kind of going to be the the thing of all this is who's the healthiest team at the end of the day. Yeah. That's yeah. Who's so. So y'all hit – there's really no, like, scary team in the West, like, outside of Golden State, so I'm not even going to go there. So I got two teams, and they're both in the Eastern Conference. Um, it's Cleveland is is my first one. Mm-hmm. And it's – for me with Cleveland, it's matchup-wise. Like, you look at their squad, and, like, they can match up with any of those teams. Like, they could give any of those teams problems. They could play your run-and-gun basketball. I think they got enough on the boards where, you know, they can – Hold a, I think they got enough size to like hold a Giannis. And I, you know what I mean when I say that. I know he'll still get his 30, but he'll have to work a little That's bit harder. For yeah. Yeah. You know, when you hold certain guys, like KD going to get 30, but it's like, how much can I make him work? Can I make him tired for those last five minutes 
of the fourth quarter where like now an easy shot is tough for him. Like, so I think Cleveland is definitely one. I mean, they have a number one option in Donovan Mitchell, obviously, especially when it comes to scoring the ball. Um, they got a lot of the right pieces. I think they are a year away, but like if I'm Brooklyn and I'm the four seed, do I want to have to play Cleveland in the first round? Like, no, if I'm Milwaukee and I'm the three seed and, and Cleveland moves on, do I want to have to play them in the second round? No. So Cleveland's one of mine. And then from a bias standpoint, but I think it's legit Miami. Heat. Yeah. I don't think a lot of teams in the East want to see Miami. And it's because bro, they've been to NBA finals in the bubble. They just went what? Seven against Boston in the Easter conference finals. And so you look and you're like, I don't think Miami can win a championship, but how have they had this success the past three to four years since getting Jimmy Butler? How have they been so successful? Because they are a matchup problem for everybody else. They play a different style of basketball than everybody else. And they approach the game where Miami's going to play their game regardless. Mm-hmm. And if you beat them at their own game, then you earn the, the series win against Miami and you move on. And that's what Boston did last year. They yeah. beat them at their own game. It wasn't a whole bunch of 130 to 125. Now nah, we're going to slow it down. We're going to run our half-court offense and make you play half-court defense. We're not about to get up and down with you. We're about to play half-court on both sides of the ball. We're going to score. We're going to get back. There are no a bunch of fast breaks. And, and so Boston beat them at their own game pretty much because they were a little more talented. Jason Tatum came up big. Um, Bam didn't play great consistently, but when Jimmy did come out, he did have that one great game where he had 30. And And Jimmy shot a three instead of going for a two. But I get it. Jimmy was so I get it. He was trying to win it. He was trying to win it. He's like, bro, I'm not trying to go into overtime. I'm trying to win this game and move on. But that's the problem with Miami, too, though. Like, it's just like they're not talented enough to win a championship, but what they you don't are, want to see them in the playoffs. They are good enough. You want to see Jimmy Butler. And it's because of their style of basketball. It's literally like all these other guys, we look at Brooklyn, they can run a gun, drive and dish and this and that and keep it moving. Cleveland. 90 style basketball in the wrong Yeah, and, and you see how well that works. I mean, this is a team who they haven't won a championship, but like I said, they've been to the finals. Then, you know, I think they would have moved on that next year had they not played Milwaukee, who had a chip on their shoulder because they knocked Milwaukee out. So they got knocked out in the first round. And then they go to seven game series in the Easter Conference Finals. And I feel like Miami always gets overlooked. And I've said this as a Heat fan because they're not fun to watch. So, like, you don't pay attention to the fact right now Miami's starting to get healthy. Jimmy Butler's back. Tyler Hero's back. Bam Adebayo has been on, like, a double-double tear the past month and a half. Like, so you're not even paying attention to what's going They're on. In probably the most least fun team out of all the teams that are eligible for the playoffs right now. If you just look, they the are the most, the most least fun team. You got to watch Kyle Lowry waddle up and down for They're 35 the most, minutes. And that's why I've always like the heat the past couple years have been able to fly it under the matter though, at the end of the day. It's because like their right. style is- as good as they have been. It's like they fly under the radar. Like, bro, they slipped into the one seed last year and nobody was talking about them going into the playoffs. Like they right. ended up the one seed and nobody was talking about. We're talking about Milwaukee, we're talking about Boston. So it's like, because they're so boring, like you'll mess around, they'll go on a five-game win streak and nobody's talking about it because it's like, ah, they're not fun to watch. You know, LeBron's over here dropping 50. Jason Tatum has back-to-back 40-point games. Dame's dropping 60, so they don't really have that. They'll do it where... Opie Crandall is dropping... Yeah, and the New York Knicks, like they're they're getting a lot of buzz. So it's like, you're not going to hear about Miami. Like last night, Bam Adebayo, really good game. Jimmy Butler, and I know it was against the Orlando Magic, but, like, they had contributors from everywhere. So it will be, like, three guys with 20 points, another guy with 16, and that's just not exciting. But I feel like none of these – I don't think Brooklyn wants to see Miami. Can they beat Miami 100%? But that's not who I want to have to play in the first round. If I'm Milwaukee, I know this team can take me to seven because they've done it before. Like, they kind of – they're the one team that matches with us so well that they could beat us. I don't want to have to play Miami. Like, I don't want to play a team. And then they're going to – I think this year, with not being the one seed and flying under the radar and getting back healthy, I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. And they have one of the three best coaches in basketball. What I think is going to be really telling in the Eastern Conference this year is going to be who gets those top two seeds. Because if you get a top two seed and you get to avoid probably Miami and Cleveland – yeah. The drop-off between that top six and then, no offense, going to the Knicks, going to the Hawks, going to whoever gets into that 7-8 spot, you're looking at, instead of a six- or seven-game first-round series, probably a four- or five-game series, 
which goes a long way in the broader scheme of things to have that little bit of extra rest. And we see teams get hurt all the time in the playoffs. And so having to avoid that extra game or two, I think is going to be huge right now, the way that it's shaping up, it looks like Boston's going to be one of those teams, but between Philly and Milwaukee, who's going to get that two seed or, or maybe sneak into the one goes a long way. Cause you don't want Miami. You don't want Cleveland first round. And if I'm Philly at the three seed, I don't want Miami. And, and, it's one reason. It's not even about Miami beating them last year because I know like Embiid had got hurt, so we knew the series was over. I still think Miami wins that series regardless. Um, probably a lot closer, a lot harder. Yeah. But it's because if I'm Philly, I don't want to play them. And you're not going to say you know it, but we know it. Miami got the better coach on the sidelines. Yeah. I would trust Eric Spolstra. stinks, and I'm on that train. I would trust Eric Spolstra to get the job done. In a, and maybe – Philly, because they're very talented, they're very deep this year. Maybe they do just outduel Miami. But if I had to pick, obviously I'm a Heat fan, but I would say it would come down to coaching because Miami's gonna they're, they're gonna throw a bunch of different defensive sets at you. They play a zone defense really well. How are you gonna be able to respond? They could take your best player out the game, maybe not Embiid, but they could take a Harden out the game. They did it last year where you're like he's not even relevant, so it's all on Embiid's back. He gets hurt, you see it kind of falters. I would trust Eric Spolster over Doc Rivers, and I really would trust Eric Spolster over. A lot of these coaches, but I think the deeper, if Miami does get deeper, the talent level difference between Miami and like a Brooklyn with the top two players or whatever. But if Bam's playing the way he's been playing, if he keeps that up consistently, we know what Jimmy Butler looks like in the playoffs. So even if we don't get it consistently in regular season, we know Jimmy in the playoffs is a different guy. If Tyler Hero can put together, like I'd be asking Bam to consistently be 20, in 10 in a series, I'd be asking Jimmy Butler to beat playoff Jimmy. And I would ask Tyler Hero to give me two to three 20 point games every series. If I was trying to win a championship with Miami, that's all I would ask Tyler Hero to do. I don't even need to consist. I just need it two to three times a series. And I think that's the type of team and they're kind of deep too. And they maximize like you might have a Max Struess 25 point game. You might have a Gabe Vincent 17 point first half that you're not expecting. So you I, might get Duncan Robinson score six points. No. Yeah, you might. Oh, maybe. Six claps. I'll give him six claps per game. It's, it's I, just, I had to throw that in there. Miami <laughs> is a – they're a bad mismatch, no. and it's because you you don't know – Duncan shooters 18 million a year. Yeah, screw Duncan Robinson. That, off, that offseason oh, – oh, also, that's, yeah. that's a show in itself. Don't pay guys for just one thing. But like, we, had, we had to at that point because we weren't looking at any other moves. So. Just, just – uh, Doc Rivers is the Mike McCarthy of the NBA. He really is. He's, he's living on, that one championship, yeah. He's, he's banking that one championship with Boston because no one else had a big three yet. And then once other teams got a big three, then he underachieved for the rest of his career. So shout out to Doc Rivers, the Mike McCarthy. A lot thinner Mike McCarthy. Hey, so before we close More out. More raspier, though. More before, raspier. before we close out, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but just, you know, we've had these conversations on network. Um, was Embiid snubbed? Chris, I start, was he snubbed? Like, we ain't got to spend a lot of time, but was he snubbed? Was he snubbed? I mean, we're talking about Kevin Durant and Jan and Jason Tatum. So, like, it's hard to say, was he really snubbed? I mean, yeah, his, his team's top two, and maybe he should have gotten it. But that I think it's more of just the, you know, how they go about them, their, the, the voting process. And, like, you know, obviously the player, like, should we just go to a, the best five players should go in and all that? I think it's more of that snubbed. I don't know. It's hard to say that he snubbed over the guys that went ahead of him. Definitely deserving. And if he did get in, I wouldn't be mad. I, I, I don't. I'm not really tripping all that. He's gonna be an all. He's an all star and all that. Um, I think he has bigger worries than being snubbed. But I don't think he was essentially snubbed. I just wish we had a different format of how we went about starters. I think it should just straight be who's the best best five guys. But snub. Hard to say when he was snubbed. I, I just think the guys ahead of him are still are very deserving, and it's just a matter of who you like, essentially. And yeah. That so I don't really think I wouldn't say snubbed. Like Ken was Embiid snubbed. I mean, one person was going to be out of the four of them. Exactly. <laughs> like because we'd be talking about it if KD didn't get it. Oh, was KD snubbed? Oh, if Giannis didn't, was it Giannis snubbed? I mean, KD's having one of the best shooting performances of all time this year. <laughs> Giannis yeah. is an MVP candidate once again, and Tatum's probably the MVP favorite for me. So I don't know. I, I think, yeah, maybe he got snubbed, but someone was going to at the end of the day. I do agree, though, where I think we can go to the position list when it comes to All-Star now because we do the crossover of conferences. 
Like, because mm-hmm. if we were talking about the five best in the West, there probably would have been more guards there. And in the East, there would have been more forwards there. So like mm-hmm. it would balance out anyways, when we come to like, yeah, because we do a draft. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, because we're gonna draft anyways. So you probably would have had like Luca and Donovan, and then you would have like Steph and Jaw on the other side, and then you would just dip yeah. forwards. Like, so to me, it doesn't matter now because we're splitting them apart. Like, it might matter a little bit more when it used to be the yeah, exactly. Best, but I just don't think that it does anymore because we would mm-hmm. have three guards, and then we would have one in the east. So then you're still gonna have a backcourt, and then you'd still have a frontcourt. So it really yeah, and there's people that like still like like uh, like with Luca, like oh, is he a forward or he's a guard and all that? People still kiss him before, like he's a point guard. Like stop it. Yeah, but um, he was he literally controls ninety percent of the. He a, but he's a forward, but like it's just weird how they like he literally has to. He has a forward because he's six foot. LeBron James too. Like LeBron's been a, a point guard essentially his whole career. It's just. He's just six foot nine, and we play point forward or point guard. You just say point forward, like so. Like if we're just gonna call people point forwards or point centers, let's just how about let's just put the best people. If we're not gonna, you know, we're just gonna put point in front of forward and point in front of center. Let's just have no. I still want five west and I want five east. Like I don't want it to turn into the just ten best players in basketball. Oh yeah, it's got you got a representation. Yeah, yeah. like the reserves, you could do that. But like the best five, like. It should just be, you know, who's the best five? Like, because because you know, I love Kyrie, but Kyrie's not having a better year than Embiid. So yeah, like- and 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 my thing is, I say Embiid got snubbed um, as a starter, and I know it's like you know when you make an All Star game, it really doesn't matter. But here's my thing: is like, all right, so Thursday night we announce the starters, like we we know who the starters are. Friday morning, the NBA MVP ladder comes out. Well, Embiid's number two, like. Joel Embiid is considered like second in the MVP race. So we are talking about the second best player this season. And it could be all NBA second team too, which is because of of how the voting breaks down though. When you have like fans, media and players all voting, like it's, it's like a categories league in basketball. The players, the players deserve an L because they give like five plays, five MVP, uh, five all-star starter votes to Chet Holmgren who hasn't played a game. <laughs> yeah, so, and that was probably all OKC players. But so how many people are take it serious too is another thing. Like how many I people you know vote oh, as he's a fan? Media no fans. Like the, the like, players are going to be homers about it. Like, yeah, the exactly. fans will too, but the coaches kind of balance it out. So if you make but it a 50-50 second, split, it's way easier. He's second. Like, and that's what that's when I'm like, dang, I think it should be a starter. But then like you wake up on Friday morning and it's like the MVP – NBA MVP ladder comes out. Joel Embiid is second. Like he's behind Jason Tatum. He's in front of Giannis. He's in front. And I know Jokic is irrelevant, but he's a, he's in front of every other guy on the Easter Conference except Tatum. Those are the top two right now. So, so my because of crazy. the MVP ladder, who should have got snubbed then? Because I don't know what the rankings was. Like who would they have snubbed? Would it have been KD? Tatum. KD or Giannis? KD no, is. Tatum's one right now. Like oh, on the one. MVP ladder, like they're telling you right now, if it ended today, it would probably be Tatum who would win MVP. If it's not Tatum, it would be Joel Embiid because oh, he's been KD. If you're going to realist, it probably should be KD. That I'd say KD because the amount of time missed, and but most like, likely he's going to be starting anyway. Embiid because KD's probably not going to. Yeah, play but like, KD as of now, that's not that's not that's not the you know the premises of it. But like he's going to eventually be the starter anyway. But like it should probably could be KD off that list because of the games missed. KD like, still played more games than Embiid up to this point. Has he? Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know, know that. KD's played 39 games and I think Embiid's played like 37. I, think, I don't know why I just assumed. Now that's going to shift by the time we get to All-Star yeah, because yeah, yeah, KD's yeah, yeah. probably not playing the next couple weeks. So I get the argument just as of now, that's where it's Oh, I didn't, I didn't know why. I didn't, I, it doesn't really seem like Embiid's missed every game. It doesn't feel that way. I didn't even look at that. Okay, that makes you make But KD, before he got hurt, he's, 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 he's played 39 of a possible 48, and Embiid's played 35 of a possible 47. Ooh, I didn't even okay. Well, because more think, time than I thought, though. Why did I thought he, he didn't miss as much time as I, I think with KD, though? KD didn't really miss a game until he got hurt. Yeah, and like he was playing every KD, night, and then he's missed the last. And like, KD was thirty. Was with his numbers are freaking. Yeah, oh KD, don't get me wrong. The way he's playing, he definitely like deserves a spot. But I'm saying it seemed like he's missed more because once he got hurt, he missed a second. But KD never really missed a game where Embiid will play like, and then he's out for two to three games because of a foot or whatever. So positionless. How about it, that? It, it and that feels like a everything. crime because you see that like Embiid gets snubbed, but then in the West you see that Zion gets in. You're like. Come on. Like, I know that he's the box office guy and everything, but if we're talking, like, the four best forwards probably in basketball this year all happen to be in the Eastern Conference. 
Yeah, yeah that's and, and only one guy, and one guy was going to get. And then out west, in the same sense, probably the three best guards in the league are all playing in the west. So someone and Josh, and got snubbed. If you could say yeah. Josh, Josh should be with Zion, and that's why right. I mean, if you just ditch the positions, do who's the best five players in the east, best five in the west, and then we're going to draft them anyways, so it really doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, Embiid will be an all star. And it, when all is said and done, we don't sit there and say like. Yeah, Kobe was a 15-time All-Star, but he only started 12 of them. Like, no yeah, one does yeah. stuff like that. So no one cares about starting. Whatever time All-Star. They're like, well, you're only a three-time starter, so you shouldn't be an All-Famer and all that. Yeah, so, you know, I'm sorry, right. Anthony Davis. You only started four All-Star games, so therefore you don't get my MVP vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, that's an yeah. NBA All-Star. issue, though, that they got to figure out because sometimes they, they, uh, they contradict each other with just their own stuff. Yeah, and there's never a clear cut year in and year out way that we like the MVP. Like, what what is who? Like, how do we define MVP? How do we define most important? Like, or define six men? Like, a lot of these awards. We get tired of this guy, so he can no longer win. Yeah, so so like, like, is Jokic not going to win it? If Jokic is the number one seed, he has all the stats and all that, averaging a triple double. How do you not give him the MVP? Oh, you're not going to give it to him because he already won it twice. Like, we can't do that. Like, But, but like, like, he won an MVP when the team was worse, but now yeah, the team's like, better. So was he worse last year. And he, got, yeah. he has better stats, averaging a triple-double, and he's a number one seed. But we're not going to give it to him because of the narrative around, like, oh, we can't give it to him as a three-time MVP because it doesn't make sense. But, like, you can't – like, they did it with Russell Westbrook, like – he was Certainly better than next in the country. Year. He doesn't. He was better the next year, I think. As a, I think he was a four. He would when he won as a six seed. Then he they were the four seed. Same stats, though, essentially, and he wasn't even like I don't. I don't know where that's he five, fit, but he probably. wasn't an MVP. So it's like criteria. But that that's a whole nother story. Like yeah, that's a whole nother story. So that, that pisses me off with the, their their criteria and all that. But. Hey, so we're we going to close out here. I appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening. Make sure you subscribe to upinflamespod.substack.com. Make sure you go to Off The Ball Network. Ken, Chris, I appreciate y'all for jumping on. And we will be back next week with another episode of Up In Flames.